that was uh, posted by somebody named Suzette Hackney. Mm-hmm. Uh, just on Twitter. So under the hashtag Derek Chauvin trial. I don't know any more than that. Uh, I imagine she was probably there in Minnesota and mm-hmm. recorded that. The other one is by some, uh, the Twitter handle is uh, Mamba Out. And it says, y'all, the reactions literally got me in tears. And this one is closer to like some individuals. I, I thought it was, it was pretty powerful too. All right. So the, what, what those two things were, it was, it was interesting because I was, I was watching our local NBC <coughs> affiliate when they announced the verdict and they kind of did a split screen with, you know, people on the street there in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, I don't know, it was pretty powerful just mm-hmm. watching the, those folks like out there hearing that verdict and just kind of breaking down, you know? Mm-hmm. So today, a little different, can't, as if you couldn't tell, um, <laughs> we're taking a little bit of a different format. And, you know, it was shortly after George Floyd was murdered last summer when, like, it seemed like the entire world was, at least maybe half the world, was trying to wake up all at once, right? We were all right. suddenly trying to learn, trying to figure out, okay, we 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 know something's wrong here. We've known something's wrong for a while. What do we do? How do we help? What you know? And I Mm -hmm. like, I like many people like just felt like expressing outrage and, you know, this has to stop and what do we do? And let's all band together and do something. And Mm -hmm. and then I read this thing and it just kind of stopped me in my tracks and I couldn't even tell you who wrote it what I read, you know, where I read it, I just, somebody shared a status or posted a status that said, Hey, white people, mm-hmm. you know, save your outrage. We don't need to hear your outrage right now. Mm-hmm. We need to hear outrage from the, from people of color. Yeah. This is not your outrage to be having, feel free to be mad. Thank you for being mad. Thank you for being upset, mm-hmm. but you have no idea. Right. And this is back right after he got murdered when we figured we all have seen this story before. There'll be some protests, there'll be some outrage, and yeah, everything goes back to normal. Like in the early days of it, we still don't know. It's still early. We still don't know what's Hmm. what's gonna happen. We still it's there's still a long way to go. But my point being, uh, it was raw, you know, it was those videos of George Floyd being murdered just were, were super raw and everybody just wanted to scream. It was brutal. Yeah. And just seeing those words was like, yeah, but we don't, you don't know what mad is. You don't know what horrified is. You don't know what scared is. No. If you grew up white. Yeah. Living in the white culture, living yeah. the white experience. So just, right. just shut it for now. Yeah. All right. And I kind of took that to heart. I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I've been perfect, but I mean, if I were to go back and look over my social media presence and, and so forth, I did that again today after this verdict came down. 
I just went and I looked for a couple of statuses I could share from, mm-hmm. from people of color, you know, and yeah, just like, here, I'll help amplify, amplify those voices, I think is the, the phrase I've heard. Right. So I had a couple of things to share today. So uh, in other words, this isn't, I'm not going to say a whole lot of my feelings about whether I'm happy, sad. Uh, obviously, I think this is justice uh, long delayed. Yeah. Um, and pretty not, I, I don't know, what's the, what's the phrase for pretty not enough. Not, yeah too little too late sort of thing i view it as just the it's the it's the tip of the justice iceberg there's a whole lot more underneath that we haven't seen yet yeah let's see there's this this one um author that i that i follow on facebook he is his name i i'm probably not pronouncing it right but ibram x kendi is his name and he wrote the book how to be an anti-racist right which i highly recommend a really really good book but i recommend reading white fragility first okay white fragility uh um forgot i forgot the author's name i'll have to look that up anyway i'll give you i'll give you all your reading list later <laughs> uh, i got my reading list by the way from uh, from a couple of black friends <laughs> you know again back over the summer when it was like some of them were posting, you know, people are asking me what to do. And it's like, it's not my job to educate you, you know, kind of thing. But yeah, uh, I'm happy to point you in the right direction. Yeah. And two of the books that kept coming up were uh, White Fragility and How to Be an Anti-Racist. And mm-hmm. It's almost like White Fragility helps you take your guard down so that you're ready to listen to How to Be an Anti-Racist. Yeah. That's how I would describe it. Um, but he says, guilty on all three counts. My only wish, the jury should have only deliberated for nine minutes and 28 seconds. Yeah. It would have been symbolic. One less second. Now, let's get some justice. Some systemic justice. So I, I went and looked at the, in the comments and I found a, a few fairly good comments, uh, again, from, from some Black people. One is uh, Joycelyn Rauch. My heart goes out to Mr. Floyd's family. May he continue to rest well. Although I am glad that the murderer was found guilty on all counts. It gave me a flat feeling. There was a video, months of protests, upwards of 15 lawyers, a judge, a two-week jury trial, 35 prosecution witnesses, and world outrage. Yet many of us were still unsure there would be a conviction. Yes. America, we have a serious problem. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that we that, that there, there was a point where we weren't sure. Oh, the moments before the judge said guilty. That moment in between we find or whatever he says and the word guilty, mm-hmm. like there was enough room in there mm-hmm. to put it, the word not. And I was ready for it. You know, I was like, yeah, here we go. Uh, here's one from somebody named Holly Rankin. Let's take the win. It's the first time, or one of few times, an officer has been convicted for killing an unarmed black man. Ten plus hours is nothing compared to four generations of BS that is finally getting better in this country. That's the hope. I mean, and I think that's yeah. that's what you're hinting at is maybe. Yes. I think I, I would love to see the other three or four cops that were involved 
just go ahead and plead guilty now. Yeah. Yeah. Like take a look at this guy and say, well, might as well plead guilty at this point. You know, of course they would be doing it to try to get a reduced charge, reduced sentence, whatever. So in some ways, maybe it's better to put them through the trial and still get three more guilty verdicts, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, his, his was the big trial. His was the big theater. These other ones are probably going to go through, but with a lot less fanfare because that's just how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's, that's how I'm, uh, the way I'm just looking at this whole thing is there's a lot left to do. There's a lot left to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're just in the beginning of the learning and, and everything. And it's like 400 years later, you know, yeah. How can we be just at the beginning? <laughs> uh, mm. I'm with, you know, but I'm with whoever that was. And maybe one of these days I got to go back and see if I can figure out who it was that said it, but I'm with them. It's like, it's not my voice that needs to be heard right now. So yeah. some of the white folks that I'm seeing commenting like have the best of intentions, but I think they need to read this, that status too, because it always to me comes across as like they're, they're putting on a show, like a woke show. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm going to show everybody how woke I am by making the best comment, making the best sounding yeah. the most outraged, you know, sounding mm-hmm. the most woke. And it's just like, yeah, you're not helping. You're not helping. Right. If you if you want to help, find a black voice that really speaks to you and uh, go with that. I don't know if we still have any listeners. Uh, I could just stop there, but I don't know if we have any have any listeners that like disagree with us on this stuff. But I have a feeling we don't. Yeah, I would like to think we don't. I, yeah, I don't think we do. Um, I, I don't even I don't even think we have anyone who respectfully disagrees with us anymore. There is no respectful disagreement anymore. <laughs> No, there really isn't. I I just think like a lot of what I've just said, like a lot of the words I've used, a lot of what I've said are not unique. I pulled a lot of a lot of what I'm saying right down to the same words are coming from stuff other people have said. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And every time I've seen it said in a public forum, there are no end of voices, mostly white, just talking about how it's fake, how it's, you know, you've drunk the Kool-Aid, you're just uh what's the other one? Oh, virtue signaling uh, yes uh, and all that and it's like you know what call it virtue signaling if you like but why don't you stop and ask yourself what virtue you're signaling yes you know if you're going to signal a virtue we're all signaling virtues all day long right mm-hmm. whether you want to or not or whether you think you are or not yeah question is which virtue yeah are we're you all we're all standing here you know hand to ear Let, oh, yeah let's hear it and when we were kids man like in school like learning i don't know maybe even you when you were learning to draw uh i said maybe even you (laughs) i said maybe even you the reason i said maybe even you because i feel like you came out of the womb with a pencil in your hand able to draw but i do (laughs) maybe at some point you had to learn to draw and i'll bet you you emulated other people's drawings like you were like (laughs) Here's how I'm going to learn to draw. I'm going to draw comics. I'm going to draw Stan Lee comics or whatever. We all do. When I learned to write, when I learned to start speaking in meetings, like I use other, I use, I model what I do after what somebody else has done. Mm-hmm. Every single person in the universe does that. So I tell you what, if I sound like something else you heard and it made you mad and it makes you want to comment on my Facebook post <laughs> and mm. say that I don't really believe it, or that I just am disagreeing to disagree, or that I'm virtue signaling or whatever, 
you know what, that's totally fine with me. And I do have a suggestion as to how you can keep yourself from having your blood pressure get so high. <laughs> first, my, my first suggestion, what you actually should do is you should read White Fragility because that book's talking about you in a big way. It's also talking about me, but it's talking about you in a big way. And, and then you should read How to Be an Anti-Racist. Knowing that you're not going to do either one of those two things, I suggest you cut me out of your life because you're just going to continue to be angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> these, these thoughts and ideas and <laughs> they're not going anywhere. Right. Uh, I'm sure there are more books. I heard about another book actually that wasn't written for white people. It was written for black people. Mm -hmm. It was by Charles M. Blow, who's a columnist for the New York times. Is it the New York times or Washington post? No, I'm not even sure. One of the two. He, he's advocating a reverse migration for black people. And he gives, he gives the history of racism, right? Mm -hmm. And then he gives the history of the great migration, you know, when black people fled uh, like Jim Crow and mm -hmm. all that in the South. Mm -hmm. And they moved to places like Detroit, Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, Indianapolis, you know, a lot, you know, places in the North mm -hmm. think for a better life. Right. Yeah. And what they found out was people in the North were just as racist as people in the South. It wasn't yeah. encoded into the laws like it was in the South, but right. just as racist. Right. And he's like, if you look now, 50 years after the end of the great migration, black people aren't any better off. They're probably worse off. And he's like, if we could, and he talks about, he says, which States, if we mm -hmm. can move back to these, I think there's like seven or nine states. We move back to these states. I think it's seven of them. If we could move back to those states, we could take over the legislatures in those states and have 14 senators. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> then they would have to listen to us. Right. Yeah. Like right now, like how many black senators are there? How many black <laughs> legislatures are there? You know? Yeah. And you can be like, well, there are Democrats and there are, that. it's like, yeah, they're still white. <laughs> they still yeah. do white things. They still care yeah. about white issues. Uh, even the ones who try to, you know, yeah, we've made some progress, but he's like, it's slow, right? Yeah. So that's another good one that I like. I should, I'll put that in the reading list, but it's not for white people. It's like, he's, he's like, I wrote this for black people, especially young black people to move back to the South so we could take over these seven states. Mm -hmm. here's how i know i don't listen to the news a lot i'm not sure how to pronounce Derek chauvin's name i'm not sure if i'm doing that right this entire time until today and constance mentioned it she said his name and i didn't i wasn't sure who she was talking about because i was i've been going like chauvin or something like that every once in a while i would have to like because i've been talking to my kids about it one, one of the conversations i've had with my kids is about how i've never had to ever sit them down and have the talk with them about what to do. Well, sometimes when we're talking about stuff like that, I'll be like, what's that piece of shit's name? Cause I don't remember his name. Oh yeah. I just know have labeled him as a complete piece of shit. And that's all that matters in my head. So you mean the talk uh, about what to do if you get pulled over? Pulled over, any kind of encounter with the police, anything like that. They, so they, I... they tell their kids that when they're little. Oh, it's in multiple times, right? That's insane. And I read another account of that recently, like from a friend. That's it's all friends. It's not like a, that's the other thing. I I just want to scream at the former friends. I'm not making this stuff up. Yeah. I'm and I'm not being brainwashed by the media. The media. 
these are my friends, people mm -hmm. I that my kids go to school with, people that I've known for a long time. Mm -hmm. They're saying it. Yeah. So no, I'm not being fed by the media. I'm being fed by personal people I personally know. Yeah. And they're talking about the talk. And I wanted to reply to one. And I was just, I couldn't figure out a way to do it that didn't seem like cavalier. And what it was, was, you know, the whole, like, if you get pulled over by the cop, you put your stuff on the 10 and two and like, yes, sir, no, sir, whatever you real respectful and all that stuff. My dad gave me that talk. But the reason he gave me that talk was it would be a, a way that you might get out of the ticket. I think we've had this conversation before. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> it I... wasn't how to keep you, how to keep from getting your ass beat. Yeah. It was, and it wasn't how to keep from getting murdered. No, mm -hmm. it was like the cop will like you. He'll feel safer and more comfortable and he'll be more likely to let you off with a warning. Yeah. I'm like, these folks are giving their kids the talk to keep them alive. Yeah. I'm, is there anything else you want to add? No, but uh, maybe before we sign off, maybe you could give out the names of those books again. Ah, yes. And this is the order in which I read them. Uh, it's White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo and How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibrahim X. Kendi. And then just because I heard about it on a podcast, uh, I was interested to read it. It's called The Devil You Know, A Black Power Manifesto by Charles M. Blow. Um, there's another one. Yeah, I never, I'm never done. There's another one called White Rage. Just Google it. I don't know the author, but you can Google it. I have not read it. Constance has read it and she said it was great. Hmm. It's got all the stuff that we, that they should have taught us in history class. Um, oh, okay. okay. They were too busy indoctrinating us in our white <laughs> privilege. That's right. And uh, that's it. That's it. Read the books and then come at me, bro. <laughs> You've been listening to The Boomers Are Mad Again with your hosts, Steve Vinson and Paul Schultz. Brought to you by Big Broccoli Studios. For more podcasts from Big Broccoli Studios, check out BigBroccoliStudios.com. And as always, thanks for listening.